Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. It is day 67 of our 90-day challenge, and the topic for today is how are you doing, mind, body, and soul? We're reading from 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, the 1st through the 19th verse. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we should judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things, Hey, everybody, just give me a second. I'm coming. It's playing, but my connection just dropped. Hold on. Everybody, just take a second. Let's take a prayer break. <laughs> I'm going to change my Wi-Fi. Thank you, Lord. Oh, no, we're going to get this word today. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get this word today. Glory be to God. I'm going to unmute. Can y'all just please worship the Lord for about three minutes until I get this together? Thank y'all.
Thank you, God, for your goodness, your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We know that the devil is a liar. That he is mad. He is made to lie. word going I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you. God is good and God is faithful. Y'all sitting on ready. In the words of Sister Spice, we're in our third trimester. This word is so thick, it's so anointed that the enemy is trying to interrupt it. But I declare you're going to get your breakthrough. Are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we should judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, Set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goeth to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because ye go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud and that your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God hath raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. 
What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? So let's start with the recap. It's day 67 of our 90 day challenge. And again, I'm channeling my grandfather who taught us the word of God by memory. And 1 Corinthians 619 is one of those scriptures that I will never forget. It says, know ye not that your body, hold up, I'm talking in the KJV because the KJV is the only Bible version that matters. In fact, you're not saved. If you read in the Message Bible, no, you on Similac. <laughs> I'm joking. Do not email me. 1 Corinthians 6.19 for all my KJV folks. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You are not your own. You are not your own. Your body belongs to the Lord. And I think we got that as kids. I knew that my body belonged to the Lord, so I should sanctify the Lord with all of my heart because my body belonged to him. But what about my mind? And in Michelle Williams' checking in, she reminds us all that not only does our physical body belong to the Lord, but our mental wellness belongs to the Lord as well. How are you doing with stewarding your body, your mind, and your soul? How are you doing with stewarding your mentality around mission and purpose and calling? How are you doing checking in with the parts of you that nobody knows about? I believe that a comprehensive understanding of calling includes mental health and awareness of where you are right now. I believe in prayer and therapy. I believe in Jesus and the doctors that write the prescriptions for those who might be chemically imbalanced. Today, check in with your body, check in with your mind, check in with your spirit. And in her book, she recommends three things. You check in with God, you check in with yourself, and you check in with others. And in so doing, you will find that the more balanced you are in your mind, the more present you are for purpose. Don't just do purpose, be present. Because purpose is not just meaning, it is the awareness of meaning and the significance of this moment. Focus on your mind. The woman of God was used by God to ask us the most piercing question. A question we hear all the time, but it is so piercing. How are you? It's a question that makes you want to run out the door. Normally it's a greeting, not really a question. So most of the people who ask you, how are you, keep talking. If you ever really answered them, they would faint. Worse still is, we don't really like to ask ourselves, how are you? It is so much easier to ask, what are you doing? What are you working on? The problem is sometimes we mistake what we're working on with how are you? I go back to the first thing she said, it was, 
it's, it froze in my head. It almost gave me mental paralysis. <laughs> I had to pray for a miracle to catch up with the rest of the message. Because the piercing, sword-like effect of how are you is what brought me to Jesus. The deep, penetrating, piercing question, not what do you have, not what are you driving, not where are you going, not what classes are you taking, how are you makes me look at me. The Bible said that some are like men who look into the Word of God like looking into a looking glass and walk away and forget what they saw. That means the Word is designed to make you see yourself. If you don't see yourself, your mama can't make you see yourself. Your husband can't make you see yourself. Your wife can't make you see yourself. More money can't make you see yourself. Less money can't make you see yourself. And we are busy trying to find ways not to look into the mirror and see us. Because when we see us, we inevitably see our desperate need for something beyond ourselves to become ourselves. That something is God himself. And if you don't find God, you will always anesthetize your truth with something or somebody in a glass, in a blunt, on a screen, anything to help me not look at me. I ask you to stand and take a good look at you. How are you? In other words, Adam, Where art thou? Do you really realize that you are standing here amongst trees, hanging with things that are not like you, camouflaged in leaves that did not grow from you, that you have assumed an identity to create an illusion, to make yourself fit in with them, more than me? Adam, do you see what you did to you? It's not what you did to me, Adam. Do you see what you are doing to yourself? Adam, do you see this time running by? This clock ticking? This blessing wasted? Adam, do you see that you are being ruled by something you ought to rule? In the stillness of this moment, 
with no singing and no music, I ask you to exercise one of the unique gifts that God gave to all human beings, the ability to make a cold, flat-footed, calculated decision. Most other species respond instinctively, but not decisively. God wants you this morning to make a decision, backslider, a decision center that is not induced by atmosphere, nor coerced by music or mood, but a cold calculated decision that I am not going to waste this crisis if this has come in my life for me to discover who I really am, I submit to it. I will evolve, not just survive. Survive means I stayed like I was and I made it. Evolve means I allowed this moment to change me. from first trimester to second trimester to third trimester till the water breaks, I have evolved into something different than how I started. And such is the manner of life. Every backslider, every sinner in this room, without anybody pointing you out, without a prophet telling you your mama's name, without anybody telling you your address, without anybody calling out your phone number and trying to be deep, without anybody coercing you and saying, I'll walk to the altar with you. I want you like a grown man and a grown woman to make a cold calculated decision. I will come to Jesus. I will come to Jesus. I will come to Jesus. I will come just like I am. I don't care what I got on. I don't care what I smell like. I don't care what I did last night. I don't care who I slept with. I don't care what's still in my veins today. Day I have had an awakening. I will not look in the mirror and forget what I saw and go on to what's next. I'm tired of being busy, intoxicating myself with blindness. I will make a decision today. I will walk with Jesus. If you don't walk with me, if you don't walk with me, if she don't talk to me, if he don't speak to me, I made up my mind right where I am. I will come to Jesus. I don't need another earthquake. I don't need another flood. I don't need a pandemic. Enough is enough. I hear you. 
God, I hear you. I will come to Jesus of my own volition. I will come if I have to leave my husband standing there. I will come if my lover don't come. I will come if my wife don't come. I will come if my brother and my sister don't come. This is my reckoning day. This is a moment right now. Today is my garden of Gethsemane. Today I say yes. I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know how to walk like a Christian. I don't know how to be a Christian. All I know is that I cannot stay like I am. I must change. If I don't change, I'll die. Hannah emptied herself out before God. There was no way she could give birth or walk in her purpose until she dumped out all of that frustration that had been in her all of her life. Dump it out, ah! dump it out. Dump it out on the altar. Dump it out right now, dump it out. There cannot be an infilling until there is a dumping out. Dump it out. Dump out anger and rage and frustration, depletion, confusion, and emptiness. Dumping it out means I repent, I'm getting rid of it. All of my identities, all of my assumed identities, all of my aliases which I gave to people to fit into their group, all of my fig leaves that I sowed on myself, I Dump it out right now, dump it out, dump it out if you gotta holler, dump it out if you gotta scream, dump it out if you have to yell, dump it out if tears have to run down your face. We can't put Jesus on top of your junk. Dump it out, dump it out, dump, 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 dump it, dump, dump it out. That's shot, dump it out, dump it out. Dump it out, dump it out, dump it out. It's killing you. It's making you sick. It's giving you mood swings. It's tearing up your rest. It's killing your relationships. It's making you hard to live with. It's making you hard to work with. Dump it out! Dump it out. Dump it out. Dump it out. Dump it out, 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 dump it out before you're in a mental institution. Dump it out, dump it out, dump it out, dump it out, dump it out before you start abusing your children. Dump it out before you beat up your own kids. Dump it out. I don't want this in me. I don't want this in my mind. I don't want this in my heart. I don't want this in my spirit. I don't want this in my life. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. The struggle is over. The fight is over. I'm tired of fighting against your will and fighting against your call. I heard you long time ago, but today the struggle is over. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. You're streaming on the internet. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. It's over. It's over. It stops right now in the name of Jesus. Dump it out. 
dump it out, dump it down to the last drop. Don't leave anything, don't save anything. Don't save your pet foolishness. Don't save anything, dump it out, dump it out, dump, 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 dump it out, dump it out. All the things you took to anesthetize your pain, dump it out. All the people you've been with trying to find a savior in a human that's just as crazy as you are, dump it out! Serve you more. Will you answer the call on your life? I haven't 
Lift your hands right in this moment. There is more that God requires of you. I'll go for you, Lord. I'll go. There is more that God requires of you. Hold on. I know some people have to go, but this is not for everybody. If you're still here, put in the chat, I'm still here. There are probably only two other times that I stopped during this 90 day challenge to have this moment. If somebody left that needs to be on, text them and say, hop on real quick. Just, I just need 10 minutes. I just need 10 minutes. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know if Pastor Reed is on. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Pastor Kim, this is the word of the Lord. People are coming back in. Let them come back in. Um, all right, Lord, please help me to say this without excitement and emotion. Um, today is day um, 67 of our 90-day challenge. For those who know me, you know that I am prepared and that I prepare in advance I don't believe that God's people deserve a microwavable presentation. And I grew up in a church that basically um, embraced the Holy Spirit. But sometimes I think we, instead of preparing, we would just show up and then blame our non-preparation on the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. So we would um, blame not preparing with the, the Holy Spirit. And I don't subscribe to that. So this particular devotional was recorded three months ago. The Purpose in 66 Challenge was completed three months ago. And before I record, I pray, Lord, what in this particular text do you want to pull out? And in this particular challenge, the Lord has been also connecting me with a resource that helps me to do both and not just the word, but also practical application, not just revelation, but implementation. So the Lord out of the library of a hundred and about 40 books, the Lord prompted me to pick up 
the book on mental health and awareness, checking in with you. Uh, and the Lord prompted me to record 1 Corinthians 6.19. What I prepared, I recorded three months ago. Bishop Carolyn Showell just preached at Pastor at Bishop T.D. Jakes' church last week. She just preached this word last week, and she titled her word, Don't Waste a Crisis. And then she opened her sermon with the title of the 90-day challenge that God gave me three months ago. How are you doing? Let me pause and tell you that what God is prompting you to do right now is not even for your right now. It is for somebody else's deliverance three months from now, three years from now. You getting the prompting to apply or to move or to trust or to write or to sing. It's not even about your right now. It's about a future generation. My child will wake up 21 years old. And if I'm alive or I am in heaven, she will have a 90 day challenge of a template from whence to move forward. Your exposure in this season is one of the greatest things that God is bringing your way. You're not working where you work by accident. It's exposure for a future moment. You're not on this challenge. 50 people just left. You have been arrested. And God wants you to know that me asking you to do this now ain't even for your now. And it's not even for you. The sermon that she preached was preached last Sunday because God knew that there would be 102 people that would need to hear this word. And I heard someone say in the chat, Father, I give you a new yes. I had to come on here today because I had to repent. I don't know if you ever can relate to doing a deep cleaning in your house the kind of deep cleaning that you take pictures of, the kind of deep cleaning that you invite guests over just so that they could smell how beautiful it is when it's a deep clean. I don't know if you've ever organized your closets to the point that you posted it on social media and sent it to HGTV because you were so impressed with how it looked. And then clutter. And then you come back to a house with stuff all over the place and you keep asking yourself, how did it get this bad this fast? How in the world I just had an organized closet with everything in perfect order? How in the world did everything pile up? How did all these dishes get here? How did all of this mess get here? Why does it smell like this? Why? And sometimes you don't even know how bad it smells until a foreigner comes in from outside to tell you something don't smell right. What died? How did I get here? You can be doing a 90-day challenge, 60 days in. You start on purpose. You are excited about it. And then you slip into autopilot. How did I get here? How did I get here? Yesterday, I started cleaning and organizing my daughter's room. And all I kept doing was looking around at this closet with all these clothes and this T-shirt and stuff on the floor. And I said, wait a minute, just a month ago, this thing was clean. 
just a month ago, it was organized just a month ago because church has taught us to go to the revival, to do the do-over and the makeover, but it hasn't taught us well how to do the daily maintenance because every day I got to make a decision. Instead of throwing this jean jacket on the couch, I need to hang it up every day. If I want this thing to stay clean, I've got to make a decision, take my shoes off at the door. I'll never forget when I moved to this beautifully pristine apartment in Hamilton, New Jersey. When I walked upstairs, I thought, oh my goodness, this carpet is so beautiful. It's so clean. This must be brand new carpet. And they told me this was put in just for you. It was off white carpet. And because it was new, I said, you know what? I'm going to take care of this thing. I'm going to take off my shoes and make a rule that everybody got to take off their shoes before they come in and step on this carpet. And so I had sneakers and boots and slippers and all of those things in front of my door because I was excited about this beautiful, pristine carpet. And then there were days I had to go to the grocery store, days where I got home after midnight, days that I was just so tired that it didn't even occur to me that I was walking on clean carpet with dirty shoes. Have you been walking on clean carpet with dirty shoes? And every week that you don't keep your word, you compromise. And so I just told myself, you know what? Because you're tired, you don't got to slip off those shoes. It's all right. And I would bring my groceries up. But then before I was adamant about other people, no, you've got to clean, you got to take your shoes off. Fast forward, I had to move out of that apartment. And they told me, if you don't get this carpet clean, we're going to have to take your security deposit because it's too dirty for us to sell it like this to somebody else. So then I am, here I am having to pay for something that would have been free if I had just maintained the cleanliness. I had to pay for somebody to come in and clean a carpet that was clean if I had just took off my shoes. And I'm telling you right now, the word of the Lord is, don't waste this crisis. Don't waste this crisis. Don't waste this crisis. Jump back and repent. Lord, things have gotten out of order in my life and I repent. It got cluttered and I repent. I started giving my body away and I repent. I started selling my mind away and I repent. My addictive tendencies and behaviors of old that I thought I was done with, I'm starting to pick them back up, I repent. And I need you guys to know me. I'm naked and unashamed. I'm not going to put a fig leaf in front of these folks to pretend like I'm something that I'm not. You see me. You know me. You know how nasty I can be. You know how decrepit I can be. You know how uh, uncouth I can be. You know when I can get out of control. You know when I get off the radar. You know when I can go off. I used to guard my mouth well. Now I'm slipping and saying things I never said before. And I'm on a 90-day challenge. So it's not the information I am deficient of. It is the maintenance. It is the implementation. It is the checking in with yourself. It is saying, no, I choose to do differently today. It is a daily commitment to keep those shoes off of God's clean carpet, because before you know it, it will become clutter. And you got to you got to do this for you because you can't give a half heart to a whole assignment. You cannot give a half heart to a whole assignment. Your assignment requires full attention in this season. Your assignment requires a full divestment in this season. So for every person that has found themselves cluttered 
by all of life's circumstances. Let me remind you of what the Bible says. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in the Lord. Beating yourself up and guilting yourself is not going to change anything. But what I do sense is that the Lord is getting you in the position because there is something that he's not just requiring you to do, get out of the doing. There's something that he's requiring you to be. My friend, Pastor Reed said to me the other day, and I know that she'll be okay with me saying this because she prays for me publicly and privately. She said, Pastor Sean, I love all that you're doing. I just don't want you to get lost by hiding in activity. And that thing convicted my soul. She said, I want you to have some pure, unadulterated, undistracted time with God where you and God can have the necessary conversations that you need, because what I don't want is for you to get lost in activity. I don't want you to hide in activity. I don't want you to hide doing from one thing to the next, one project to the next, one talk to the next, one word to the next, one sentence to the next, one flight to the next, one thing to the next. And I feel like God is saying that for somebody else. If that's for you, go ahead and say it in the chat. Yo, that's for me. That's for me. You're getting lost in activity. You're hiding in responsibility. And you don't even realize that the enemy's like, yes, she's distracted again by something she thinks is God. Yes, he's distracted again by something he thinks is God. But God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Where there's peace, there is God. Not where there is promotion, where there's peace. Because some of you, he had to allow you to lose it in order for you to get your peace back. But I declare that everything you think you lost, God is going to recompense. God is going to give retroactive retribution. Everything you think you lost, God's trying to get your heart back in the right place because the stuff don't really matter. So today, I wanna encourage you, I'm naked and ashamed before God. Don't waste this crisis. Don't waste this challenge. Don't waste this moment where God is speaking directly to you. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. You will look up and you will be 35 years later looking back saying, what happened to my life? You'll look three years later looking back saying, where did I spend my money? My credit score was a 780. Why are all my credit cards maxed out? Don't waste it. You don't need another pair of shoes. You don't need a flight. You need to be able to say that I gave God laser focus. I dare you right now to start deleting numbers before you even get off this Zoom call. I dare you right now to block some distractions in social media before you even get off this Zoom call. I dare you right now to put your alarm on back at five o'clock in the morning where you can wake up and get in God's face for the next 21 days. I dare you not to wait until January 1st to have a new year's resolution. I dare you to determine enough is enough. I'm an extremist. So I'm in or out. I don't have a middle. But when I start to compromise, you don't even realize how far you drifted until you are backslidden 
And then like Samuel or like uh, Samson, you go to fight and you shake your hair and you realize the power is gone. Ain't no condemnation. All of us in this together, don't beat yourself up. It's just time to course correct. Pastor Reed, can you unmute and pray for us? I'll let y'all go. So Father, I just thank you that you use this time to arrest our attention. Father, help us not to run from the crisis. Help us to embrace the crisis because you are in the center of the crisis, just like you are in the center of the storm where there is perfect and complete peace. And in that stillness, your Mm. word tells us to be still Mm. and know that I am God. So, Father, I pray that as you have spoken and declared your word to us today, you have realigned us to embrace the crisis because you trust us in the crisis. You trust us with the crisis. You are walking us through the crisis and we are being transformed because of the crisis without crisis, there is no transformation. Mm. Just like without persecution, there was no spreading of the gospel in the book Mm -hmm. of Acts in the very beginning. When you called the church and told the church to go into all the world, when you called the disciples, they gathered, you said, go into Judea, Samaria, into the uttermost parts of the earth, and they got comfortable staying in Jerusalem. You had to use crisis. You use persecution to spread your word. So, Father, I pray for each of us that are on this call right now, that the Holy Spirit arrested our hearts to stay on this call and not to click off, to get about our daily activity, to get about our daily routine, to run to the next thing. Father, I pray for each of us now. That as we embrace the crises, as we have said yes to you, show us how to walk it out. As Paul said, show us how to work out our salvation with fear and trembling daily because we die daily. I pray courage. I pray strength. I pray clarity of purpose. I pray accuracy of listening. And Father, I pray that we will be steadfast immovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord, because this is not for us. It's for the next. And we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Everybody, let's seal it with the 60 second sound of worship. I'm going to unmute and I'll let y'all go. Thank you. Trying to turn. Thank you. I'm sorry. I, I really didn't We give your name the glory. We we receive it. And we will course correct and we will design a space of accountability, not shame, 
We won't run from the shame. We won't run from it. We'll pursue you in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that y'all join us tomorrow morning for prayer. I know God's going to meet us. Have a blessed day.